Welcome to the Next Dimension Podcast, your portal to an extended reality. Every week we talk about the hottest topics in XR and let you join the discussion live on MRTV. And now, get ready for another exciting episode coming up. Hi and welcome to episode 8 of the Next Dimension podcast, your new podcast which is all about VR and in the future also most probably AR. And tonight with me, Tatiana from Disco VR. Tatiana, how are you doing today? You're doing great, Sebastian. Thank you. Happy to be here. Great, perfect. And also, of course, Anthony from VR365. Anthony, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, ready to roll. Great. Perfect. And the whole thing also with me, Sebastian Ang, and I am doing uh, MRTV, and I'm the host of this show, and I'm also doing really well. All right. So this is already episode eight of the Next Dimension podcast. For all of you who are new to the show, this show is being live streamed every Saturday on MRTV, every Saturday, 9 p.m. Berlin. 8 p.m. London, um, noon in San Francisco, and 3 p.m. in New York. And the whole show is also an audio podcast that you can listen to on iTunes, on Google, on Alexa, everywhere where you can find podcasts. So if you love this show, by the way, we would be really happy about a review. And the best way to do so would be in iTunes. So if you have an iPad or if you have an, an iPhone, simply open your podcast app and find the Next Dimension podcast and give us a five-star review so more people can find us. That would be pretty amazing. So do that now if you have your iPhone or iPad next to you during the show, during during this show. It would be amazing if you could leave a Great review for us here. Yeah, other than that, today we have some pretty exciting topics that we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about um, the cyber shoes. The cyber shoes are on Indiegogo now. We're going to talk about the Decca Gear 1, that, that VR headset that caught us by surprise last year. There's a new update there. And of course, we're going to talk about Update 25 of the Quest software, which now comes with the Oculus App Lab that will allow developers to upload their apps and games to the store. And yeah, that's an easier way for people to find content that's not really in the store officially. Very interesting, but might as well spell the end of SideQuest or not. We're going to discuss this <laughs> in this podcast. Also, of course, big news from Apple. Apple is going to most probably launch a VR headset next year with a price tag of $3,000 with 8K displays. And wow, I'm really looking forward to discuss this in today's show. So lots of things that are going to happen in today's show, and I'm very much looking forward to it. But before we start into the content, I would like to ask Tatiana, how was your last week? What did you do? Oh, last week was pretty busy, Sebastian, with the VR-related activities for me, even though these activities weren't really YouTube-related, but mostly academic research-related. For, you know, some of the viewers, maybe if you don't know, I'm actually a PhD student in learning technologies, researching 
virtual reality applications for learning, training, education, and actually uh, beyond that. So, um, and uh, I'm on my last stages uh, of the study. And one of the researches that I do is uh, looking for ways how virtual reality can be used to learn languages. And uh, now I am, I got to the research grant. <laughs> Congratulations. And now I'm working. Thank you. And it's, it's a small grant, but it's great because it'll help me to do some research. And right now I'm working on an international to test this uh, language learning tool in virtual reality called ImmerseMe. ImmerseMe is a cool company that um, designed this tool to um, uh, learn languages in authentic uh, scenarios that are 360 degrees videos that are pre-recorded of people from different countries you can have conversations with them and they dynamically respond to what your uh, to your interaction so this is mostly for conversation skill development and I'm very uh, excited to do research with that app on uh, English language learners in my university so this is super busy <laughs> this kept, kept me quite busy last week so uh, it was quite the uh, um, uh, Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, um, so, so immerse, immerse me. Is it something that's already available as a finished product, or is it still like, uh, or is they still working on it right now? It is a finished product, and they are doing such a great job at expanding it to different schools. Uh, they do it for high red, for K through twelve, for business organizations. They started for just a flat screen, but they recently brought it. Oh, I think there's some problems with the connection here. To VR, which wasn't very difficult to do. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Can you? Can you? Uh, I, I, we can hear you now hear again. <laughs> but, but yeah, okay. now, now you're back. Yeah, <laughs> I apologize for that. So, uh, yeah, they are a finished product, and they recently brought it to actual virtual reality because it used to be just on the flat screen. Okay. Uh, but it wasn't very difficult to bring it to VR because it was already 360 videos. And uh, um, so I, I'm just excited to try it because it, there are very few apps for language learning out there other than Mondly. And that's why the Immerse Me, uh, it has real people there, not just 3D generated models. I'm very curious to see how that will work. Wow, that sounds really interesting. I think language learning in VR has so much potential. Like I told you last time already that I also did some uh, Chinese language teaching in Rec Room with, with a class with some people and it worked perfectly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember I, I watched that. It was amazing. It's uh, create these wonderful collaborative spaces where you don't really have to do uh, if you don't have the resources to travel to the country of the target language, you can exactly. just yeah you you can just uh, have access to all the native speakers, to the culture, the environment that is a very important aspect of language learning to get immersed in that in that society. So this is it opens just so many doors for language education. So I'm excited about that. That's really cool. So um, how long until you are Dr. Tatiana? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully. If YouTube channel doesn't keep me too busy, it will be in a year from now. 
in a year from now. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. And have you already thought about what you want to do afterwards? Like uh, probably postdoc studies or are you going to uh, become a professional YouTuber like me? <laughs> <laughs> well, YouTube is an amazing outlet for me to step away from the academic world And to go more into applied kind of fun stuff that I can discover what what's actually out there. Because academia is a lot about theory. You do research, you see what has been done and how it can be useful, how it can be applied in different ways. But I'm I'm really eager to to go into more of the applied steps of seeing what what companies actually doing. So what is there in the industry? So I would love to work in an environment where I can contribute to the ideas of how to design the best educational technology with the incorporation of VR environments and to be in the area of instructional design uh, in the VR sphere. So that, that's one of, the, uh, one of the paths that I would like to go. But probably not postdoctoral studies just because I really want to be out there making contributions and be a part of something big. Wow, that sounds amazing. And yeah, probably you can find some interesting people to talk about this also from from this from our chat and from our community. I saw gaming science teacher wants to talk with you already. She's she's doing interesting work in teaching people using VR. So yeah, who knows what kind of interesting things will come up because actually, of YouTube. Yeah, this is amazing. This is amazing because I do have people reach out and I actually have started working with a small team of uh, like developers and a designer to design a new language learning app to uh, to help develop vocabulary skills wow. and grammar. That's so this amazing. is already a little startup project that we started just because of this podcast. Really? Because of YouTube. Yes. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> The magic is happening already here. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I, I love it. I love this kind of collaborations and it doesn't have to be language learning. There is another small team that we... We just work on some engineering project and um, and a different thing that I do is researching the use of virtual reality for uh, mental health and social isolation kind of issues. So it's bring it on. <laughs> I love it all. It is <laughs> fantastic. I love this outlet for for communication and connection. Uh, yeah. So okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> all right. You're so welcome. It's so great to have you here on the podcast. Okay, cool. So who's next, me or, or Anthony, Tatiana? It's your choice. <laughs> oh, uh, let's go with you, Sebastian. Oh, actually, <laughs> Tony has been quiet for a while. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I called him Tony last time, so I thought I would call Sebastian. But yeah. you've been quiet, Anthony. I'll, I'll call you. <laughs> okay, you've been called out now, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, my VR week um, was kind of slow this week. Um, I did play a VR game that I'm going to be talking about here in just a second. I also did a tweet about VR game rankings, this website right. that I operate, that it might be in danger. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, but what I will mention for this week is I've been playing a new game. It's called Vin VR Adventure. And it's not that new. It actually came out on the Oculus Rift um, earlier in January, I believe. Or, or was it December? No, I think it was actually December. It came on the Oculus Rift. It was like an exclusive for a little while there. And it's recently just come to Steam. 
And I actually played it on Viveport Infinity. I'm a I'm a big fan of Viveport Infinity. I will shout from the rooftops <laughs> that it is the best value in VR gaming by a country mile. It is ridiculous. It's the best kept secret in VR gaming besides VR 365. No, um, but um, no, it, it's an amazing product. You can pay $13 a month and you literally have Netflix of VR. You've got the, the only downside to Viveport is you're going to have to buy a new SSD drive because you're going to fill it up, you know, because like the thing is when you're looking on Netflix, you're like, yeah, I want to watch this movie. I want to watch that movie, but you're not downloading the entire movie. You're obviously doing that with Viport Infinity, so it will use up your hard drive quite a bit. But Vin VR Adventure, I just want to talk about it for a quick second because I was super impressed with this game. I've been following it for maybe more than a year or so since it originally got announced, and I didn't know anything about monologic games. We have a lot of developers in the VR gaming industry where you might not have ever heard of them. You don't know their past history. You don't know if they have a track record. And so I was kind of in this place with monologic games. And I didn't know, you know, was this just going to be a little platformer that's kind of lame, you know, halfway decent, but not a big deal, nothing to get super excited about? Or is this going to be like a really good platformer? And I'm happy to say that it really did blow me away. Now, this wow. is not Astrobot. Okay, Astrobot is the best VR platformer in existence. I think we're all pretty much in agreement there. Right. Um, and this might not be quite as good as maybe Moss, but it's pretty freaking good, man. It looks so Vin good. <laughs> yeah, the graphics are beautiful. The sound, the sound actually is really impressive. It has like this orchestral score that plays in the background. You feel like you're like in a movie or something with, you know, the movie kind of sound to it. And the levels are expansive. They just go like like you have the VR headset on and you're controlling your little guy and you're moving them around, but you're looking off into the distance and you see like the level just keeps extending way off into the distance. And these levels are pretty long. Again, like the graphics are very good. Really, the only criticism I have right now is that the gameplay, like what this game doesn't have in comparison to Astrobot is every time you, you start a new level of Astrobot, it introduces some never-before-seen idea, some gameplay idea. So the gameplay changes up a lot. And if there's a downside to Vin VR Adventure, the downside is, is that the actual battles with the enemies are pretty pedestrian. And it's kind of like, you know, platformer by the numbers a little bit. But still, I'm telling you, this game belongs among like maybe the 50 best VR games. I, I might wow. actually be over, I might be <laughs> overdoing it there, but definitely maybe like the top 100 VR games that have ever come out. And that's man, You should impressive. be working for their PR, man. You're doing such a good job. I want to play that I'm, now. Yeah, I should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should totally do that. So how are they called? Monologic games? <laughs> yeah. Please get in contact with Anthony here. You might have a new employee working together with you. <laughs> Yeah, Viveport too. I'm I'm helping everybody out there. Yeah, 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 right. But but you're totally right with Viveport. It's it's really amazing val value and it got so good with lots of new things as well, right? It's not just old games, also like like this game. It's it's quite a new game, right? It's not so old. So Yeah. I 
you know, one of the things about Viport, so it's $13, right, for one month. But think about it this way. You can get one month and play the crap out of Vin VR Adventure, and that game is like a $30 game. And so you can play it as much as you want, but you can play all these other games, Westworld Awakening, Attica, all these other games, really good games too. I, I hate, I sound like a broken record. Like I sound like I'm paid by Viport. I'm not, I'm just amazed that there are thousands and thousands of VR gamers that haven't even heard of Viport, much less considered it. It's just amazing to me. Yeah, you're right. You make it sound great. <laughs> I really want to try <laughs> Tatiana, it. it only costs thirteen dollars. I also, I'm also a user of Viveport Infinity, and they've done a great job. In the very beginning, Viveport had kind of like a, a bad rap to it. You didn't want to install it because you thought, like, why would you need it? Because you have Steam VR, and it made things with your system that made things crash. It was very, it was not nice, right? But they've really made it into a great platform. Where, where it's absolutely worth it to pay $13 to get all the games you want, or especially if you want to try new games, right? Right, Anthony? That's that's the point. You can try. Yeah, it's great. It's great for us, like us YouTubers. You're right, right. We don't get keys for everything all the time. And, Unfortunately. And there's lots of games slip through the cracks. You know, there's like, I never tried Synth Riders for like a year or whatever, a couple of years. Never tried Synth Riders. Tried it on Viporn Infinity. I love Synth Riders. Yeah, Synth Riders awesome. is cool. Oh, it's all. Oh, Synthritis is also on that platform. That's amazing. Yeah, cool. By the way, this this podcast is not yet sponsored by Viveport or by Ven. <laughs> yeah, we, we we just like that stuff. So we're going to call it out here. Cool. Very good. So that's something that I also want to try out. Ven, I do like these kind of games which are not in the first person perspective. Actually, these third person games they work really well, really well in VR. Right? Like Astrobot is so good. And um, yeah, that's I'm looking forward to, to try this out. Yeah, we don't have like think about the the platformer genre. It's not like we've got 20 of them. You're right. We basically have we have Astrobot, Moss, Lucky's Tale, Hellblade, I mean, Senua's Sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, so. not, not yeah, so they many. They make them a little bit puzzle like too. There was uh, uh, down the rabbit hole about Alice. Oh, and I all think right, right. There maybe was... like giant. Uh, I, about giant there was something about a giant i can re remember <laughs> <Yeah>. that too <laughs> right right yeah. exactly so i like these third person games and they work really well in vr because you're still somehow immersed right even though you're not in that person but you still feel the immersion and i think moss did such a great job with that you still felt you're in that oh, world somehow time. and uh it's just oh, magical magical stuff <laughs> Really yeah, it would I look great on an HP reverb. Like oh. I was actually thinking about that as I was playing it because I, I'm playing it on the CB1 and oh. I did notice lots of screen door effect because you're like looking far off into the distance. And when you're looking far off into the distance, but you see things in the distance, sometimes it's really easy to see the screen door. And I was right. thinking, man, if I had an HP reverb right now, I wouldn't see any of this screen door and it would look just absolutely gorgeous. Okay, dear HP, if you're watching <laughs> this, why doesn't Anthony have a G2 to try it out? Please send him yeah. one to give it a try. I'm going to send exactly this part of the podcast to the HP team. So hopefully <laughs> you're going to get one. Yeah, cool. Exactly. Ghost Giant. Thank you, Sir Paper, in the chat. There Ghost Giant. That was that was the game. And yes. this this stuff, yes. this stuff really works well. Okay, Anthony, that was your week. 
Pretty much. I mean, well, I have the VR game rankings thing. I don't know if you oh, want yeah. to get into that now. or Next, next, next. Okay. I do my week, and then we talk about okay. your game <laughs> rankings. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, so my week, um, I honestly didn't play so much VR. I was more reporting about it because there were simply these exciting news about Apple, the Apple VR headset that we're going to talk about later. Then the Oculus Quest version 25 of the software with the huge news of the Oculus App Lab. I made a video about it. The Decca Gear, I made a video about it. So this week for me, it was all about reporting about VR. And then I was so much into reporting about this and then doing it in German and in English and German. Oh, I was so busy. So I didn't actually have so much time to do VR. It's crazy, right? I'm, I'm, doing, I'm making a, a channel about VR, but then sometimes I get so busy reporting about all this stuff that I don't get to play VR. I yeah. hear you. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, it's really difficult because so many things are happening right now. Just you, you want to be on top of everything. Exactly. You want to make sure that your viewers know about the latest news, but they take time from actually, you know, testing Playing some of it. this stuff. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. But no, but now I really want to play Van VR thanks to Anthony. Anthony is doing an amazing job of getting people excited <laughs> about those those VR games. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for me it was like reporting about all this stuff and simply being fast with this, right? Bring the news out in live streams. So Anyone who has not yet subscribed to MRTV and clicked on the bell button, <laughs> do that now. Then you will never miss my live streams. And you should also subscribe to VR365, that's Anthony's channel, and to Disco VR, Discover. And the links to their channels, to all our channels, are down in the description of this video or this podcast. So I really want to see more people Subscribe to Tatiana. She has an amazing channel and also to VR365 to Anthony's channel. That would be so amazing. And uh, yeah, we are here like nearly every Saturday putting out the show. So give them some love and subscribe to the channels now. <laughs> and also don't forget to review this podcast on iTunes. Okay, so that's it for our weeks. And now we want to get a bit into content. But first, I want to know about VR game rankings. Anthony, I saw your tweet yeah, on Twitter, and I saw that you said, like, oh, you, you most probably have to give it up. But it's so sad because that website is so good with all the games where people can find interesting games. So tell us more a bit more about that. Yeah, so um, I'm going to back it up real quick and just give you, like, the original idea behind VR game rankings because it actually has never... It's never been what I envisioned it to be. Um, and so some, some people might go to the website and they might think, eh, this isn't that great. But um, it, it hasn't fulfilled the vision that I had for it. So I just want to explain what I was trying to do. So back in April of 2017, I was uh, somebody that was you know doing VR roundtable. And as a big time VR guy... I was always researching what new VR games are coming out, you know, what are the best VR games, et cetera, et cetera. And one thing I noticed back at that time is you had to be a detective 
to find out what VR games were coming out and what was good. So if you were a regular flat gamer, like if you were a normal gamer, there's a million websites that have all the information you could ever want. In fact, there's more, there's too much information, honestly. And there's people just beating you over the head with information about new games and, and when they're coming out. But in the VR gaming world, we didn't really have that. And I was thinking about that one day and I was like, somebody should make a website where all they do is just concentrate on um, what the best VR games and experience and experiences that we have right now. What are the best? And then also, what are the best stuff that's on the way? And just cover those two things. And that's really what VR Game Rankings was all about. We have a tagline. It's called Making Sense of the VR Gaming Landscape. And so what, what we're trying to do, the goal is to try to celebrate all the best VR games and experiences that we have right now. So the stuff that we have right now, let's celebrate it. Let's call out what the best stuff is. Let's rank it. Let's give people good information. And then the other thing we wanted to do is hype up any of the games and experiences that are coming that we think look really good. And so it was supposed to be these two different things, right? Now, I had always thought that um, I would have some partners that would join me. I started it by myself, but I always thought that you know there'd be a couple other people that would end up uh, helping me and working with me as a partner, and it wouldn't just be me. But what happened is over these last four years that I've been working on it, um, I haven't had any partners come along. And so what happened is when I tweeted out that tweet recently, basically I was driving home from work my real job, I was driving home and I was thinking, oh, my God, I got to make this payment for my LLC and I got to make a payment for the web hosting thing. And I'm thinking about this money that I'm going to have to spend. And then I was thinking, you know, VR game rankings, I'm basically making no money. It's a losing proposition. I've lost probably like four and a half thousand dollars since I've started at the very beginning and haven't made any money from it. And I just thought, man, it's been four years. I still haven't made any money. Why am I doing this? What am I like? Am I just donating time for no reason? And so I started thinking about that and I got a bit depressed and down <laughs> and, and I get home and I went on Twitter and that's, you know, it's a mistake, right? To go on to Twitter. Uh, if you're like down in the dumps about something, you tweet something out and then it's out there. I mean, obviously I could delete it, but one of the things that I mentioned was is that I'm thinking about it. I, I don't think I said I'm absolutely positively shutting VR game rankings down. I think I said that I'm thinking about it. And so it's something I'm thinking about. But but because I'm here on MRTV and because you have such a huge platform, Sebastian, and you have like lots of people that see this, you know, 3,000 views and stuff. More, more man. We, more had six, we had 6,000 views on our last show of this, of this podcast. Okay. This is huge. Better, this is better, this right? is really getting somewhere here. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm hoping to do now, right now, I'm going to do a quick little advertisement for VR game rankings. Okay. What I need is here's what I need. Are you 24 years old, independently wealthy, a journalism major with nothing but ridiculous time on your hands? Join me at vrgamerankings.com. You could be a part owner. No, seriously though. I, I need part owners. I don't need employees because I don't have money to pay employees. So I need part owners. So I need some partners to come in. If anybody shares my vision of like 
trying to celebrate all the best VR games and experiences that we have right now, and then trying to highlight the best upcoming VR games and experiences. Look at, you know, I don't want to be rude here, but look at Upload VR and look at Road to VR. Now, they do different things every once in a while, but can you go there and just get a list of the 100 best Oculus Rift games? Probably not. And if you go there to try to get that list, they probably got a top 20 that was made like eight months ago. We have that information. If you're a brand new, like if you know anybody that just bought an Oculus Quest, we've ranked... 150 Oculus Quest games in order from wow, number one really cool. to number 150. And you don't have to agree with the order. It's not about the exact order. Everybody's going to look at it. They're going to be like, I can't believe you ranked this game 23rd and this game for It's not about that. It's about finding the general quality and games that are in the top 40 that you're interested in that look like the type of game you would like you're probably going to really like it because games don't get into the top 40 unless they're really, really good. And that's what we try to do at VR Game Rankings. I love it. If I, if I had a partner in crime that was just as much of a nut job as I am and they were working <laughs> on it with me, I think it would be way better website and we actually might start making a tiny bit of money. Anthony, that would be so good. And honestly, I think the the idea of VR game rankings is so good. You're right. There isn't anything out there where you could simply find all the best games. It's absolutely true. And you know what, Anthony? I believe that right now is such an amazing time to do that, also because of the Oculus App Lab. Because people want to find the, the 20, the 30, the 50 best apps and games that are not officially in the store, but which are on App Lab, you know? So I think yeah. right right now, right now is an amazing time for you to, to actually kickstart the VR Game Rankings website. And now here, this is your platform and you've just made such a great case for VRGameRankings.com. <laughs> I would be surprised if there's nobody out there who also sees their potential and who gets in touch with you and who says, You know what, Anthony? I'm that 24-year-old millionaire that you've been waiting for. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so how can how can that 24 to uh, he or she could be older, right? Yeah. <laughs> how can that person best contact you about VR game rankings? Yeah, the best way to contact me is info at vrgamerankings.com, which I'm actually, that's part, that's some of the money that I'm paying too, is to have that email, yeah. info at vrgamerankings.com. I'm pretty sure that somebody is going to send you an email at info at vrgamerankings.com and probably something beautiful is going to come out of it. Really, I really believe that it has potential and you should not abandon it. You've put four years into it and yeah, I think... This could be good. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think you absolutely should not abandon it. I'm, I, um, I wish you didn't have to spend all that money right now. I, I wish there was, you know, a cheaper way to start it off. But I'm quite surprised that the website for now doesn't come off on the top. You know, when you look for top 20, top 50 games requests, normally YouTube videos come up because they yeah. generate views so much faster um, yeah yeah just so much quicker and they show up first and basically those youtube videos they get outdated in less than a month i myself had to make a new one in less than two months because it's crazy so many games start and what is the solution to make a video every month of course it's better to have a website that has a complete list it gets updated like 
like this super right. fast. I think what we all should do is we should start heavily promoting this website because exactly. I agree this is so far the best source of all the games. And I bet you if people knew that it even existed, they, it would be in their bookmarks and they will always go there as soon as the game comes up. So for, for now, I think it's really just about putting it out there, either through ads or promoting it on, also on YouTube. Um, and this podcast. Yeah, and this podcast. I have a lot of faith in it. I think it's great. And I, I hope that this promotion in the future, you'll have more, more collaborators on it. Yeah, one thing one thing people could help me out with, actually anybody, anybody that's watching this show, any just average VR fan. Is just send one all, Bitcoin to Anthony, everyone who's watching this. <laughs> that'll help, that'll help. But um, actually what they can do, and this costs you no money whatsoever, but we're all on the subreddits, right? We're all on the Oculus Quest subreddit, the Oculus subreddit, the HTC Vive subreddit, et cetera, et cetera. And how many times have you ever seen somebody do this? What are good? What are the best games? What are some VR game recommendations? And all you have to do is go into that thread and reply with like a link to the top 100 Oculus Rift games or the top 100 Oculus Quest games, whatever it happens to be. The last 90 days, like the best Oculus Rift games in the last 90 days. You know, if they, it's like what 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 recently has been. You know, so if somebody puts these links when they see these threads, then people will start to get aware of it more. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. So, and always we can say that Anthony is not just doing VR365, but also VRGameRankings.com, whatever we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Great. So definitely check out VRGameRankings.com right now. Open it in another tab on your browser right now. And give Anthony some traffic. All right. But now let's get to another topic. Let's now talk about locomotion in virtual reality. And one of the ways that you could locomote through VR is by donning yourself some cyber shoes. I'm not sure if the two of you have checked it out yet. And let me just now put it onto the screen. Let me, let me just open it here on, on the Indiegogo campaign. So let me, okay, now uh, let me turn off the sound. Okay, now you see what I'm talking about. The cyber shoes, this is a VR accessory, a kind of shoe-like accessory that you actually attach to your feet. You're sitting on a revolving chair and then you can do some kind of walking movement because the cyber shoes, they, they feature some kind of rolls beneath them and then your, your kind of um, walking movement gets translated into virtual reality. Now, these cyber shoes, they are now available for the Quest as well, because before it was only a PC VR thing, but now you can attach that cyber shoes receiver to your Quest, and you can also walk through a Quest game. And I have actually tried that out already before, and um, yeah, now you can get this on Indiegogo and there is still the super early bird price. You can get the cyber shoes now on Indiegogo for $279. I think there's like 20 still left. <laughs> okay, probably after the show, not anymore. But right now you can still get it for $279 for the shoes, for the, um, the revolving chair, for the carpet and for that receiver. And I think that's a pretty good price. 
And now I would like to ask either Tatiana or Anthony, have you ever tried this? And if not, what do you think of this? Oh, first of all, I apologize for my camera. I'm really trying to fix it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah but uh, with the cyber shoes, I have not, but I really want to. I really liked, I watched your video. I thought it was really fun. I like that they are wireless. I cannot imagine like sitting on the chair, rotating and having a, the cable just rotating all over all over you. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I could see that you can't really connect it to PSVR, can you? Uh, no, not to PSVR. This is for PC VR and for um, Quest. Yeah, yeah. But I, I was there was something I was wondering when you're connecting it. Yeah. Uh, are you connecting it to the cord that you use for charging? And does it mean that you can't really charge your VR set when you're right. when you're using cyber shoes? Right. Okay. Yeah. So that probably would be maybe one of the limitations because especially if you're playing PC VR games using virtual desktop, your uh, you know your quest would be dying very ah, quickly. Ah, that's true. And that's true. Uh, yeah, and in that case, I, I wish that there was a way to connect it using Bluetooth, uh, but that probably would be happening in the future. Right, right, yeah, right. I'm, I'm also wondering. This, this is this is probably to give the device um, energy as well, right? So yeah, you have to talk with the with the cyber shoes guys what they think of it. But I think if you if you if you're using the cyber shoes, actually, it's it's getting it's some workout. So if you are doing this for two hours, probably you're happy if you get can get a break from it. <laughs> right, right. Um, Anthony, have you ever tried those? No, I've never tried cyber shoes. When I first found out about all this like cyber shoe stuff and all these different methods that people come up with, I always think, why are they doing this? VR, like I've changed my mind about this, but in the <laughs> beginning, in the first couple years, when it came to VR, for me, VR is all about standing up because it's like, I'm in the game. I'm standing up. Okay. I'm in the game. I want to do everything in the game. This idea of sitting down and playing like Fallout 4 VR while you're sitting down, I'm like, that isn't VR. VR is... Now, I've changed my mind a little bit, though, because you know what? Um, as time moves on, we're busy people. We're doing lots of things. I do this like little workout routine now. And sometimes when you're done with all that stuff, you don't want to be standing around and doing all that. And that's why I look forward to Vin VR adventure. It allows me to sit in my chair, <laughs> but, um, uh, but no, sometimes yeah. it's nice to just relax and sit in a chair. But I'm looking at some of the videos for cyber shoes, and these people aren't really relaxing, man. They're moving those <laughs> yeah. legs around. So if you want a serious calf and thigh exercise, you know, VR uh, cyber shoes are great for that. But yeah. I, I, the bottom line is, you know, different strokes for different folks. People like different things. And if this works out really great for some people out there, the more power to them. Now, this thing working with the Quest, though, with this little attachment, with a cord, and it's kind of like they're jerry-rigging the whole thing together because the Quest was not designed with this in mind, you know? And it's not a PC, so you can't just, like, attach a mod onto it pretty easily. So it makes it a little complicated. I, I think the reason they have that little receiver there on the front is they're using the movement of your headset itself, to like, I, I don't know what no, they're doing no, exactly. No. Actually, no, yeah, what, not, what are they doing? Do we they, know? Um, actually, the um, 
the, the shoes, they will connect to this little receiver device and this receiver device then knows, okay, the shoes are in movement and then the little receiver, it will act as some kind of Bluetooth controller telling the games, okay, I'm now going forward. I'm now going to, to, the, to the right or left or whatever. And yeah, that actually really works absolutely gorgeous, really nice. And when you, when you see that right now, right, it looks kind of funny. Right, it looks like okay. This can never feel right, but I can tell you, it does feel way better than it looks. I always say that when I talk about the cyber shoes, it looks kind of funky, right? It looks like okay, this can never be intuitive, or or is or, or this could never be fun. But actually, it is really good, and for all people who, yeah, who feel who easily feel motion sickness by using free locomotion, actually, this can help because. The body does some kind of a walking movement and then will be tricked into thinking, okay, I'm really moving. So for people who have problems with feeling motion sickness and for people who want to have some kind of, uh, who don't want to stand and who don't want to sit the whole time, this is some kind of middle thing between um, standing all the time and sitting all the time doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. So uh, with the... Someone said on the chat. Oh, we, yeah, we lost it's you for a moment. To use something like cyber shoes and hello. Yep, you're back again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so someone in the chat said that once you get your VR legs, it's hard to use something like cyber cyber shoes, and that that is probably true. Um, uh, I, I, but I would know. It's quite hard for me to still deal with cyber sickness, and I would enjoy this experience. But for me. Using VR set, meaning I get to stand up and not spend any time on the couch, which is what I do when I play. All right, okay. Games such. I love my PlayStation games. I love it. I love that I can relax and play right. my Witcher, my Skyrim, No Man's Sky in flat <clears> screen. But but VR, big reason why I bought it is so that I can move because I'm lazy. Okay. <laughs> and I, I wish there was a way like omnidirectional treadmill which takes a lot of room, right? So I would I would love to use it if it was a little bit more compact, maybe. I wish there was a way to use these shoes, maybe like stepping in the same place right. um, and simulate movements. That would be great. But with these shoes, you have to be sitting, right? So you're still kind of... Right. Um, <laughs> Yep, you have to be sitting know. and you need some space around it, like, like, the, like you see here with a carpet. Yeah, but actually, you don't need so much space. So, if the cyber swivel shoes... chair not included, by the way, swivel chair not included. <laughs> uh, the, you really need a swivel chair to swivel yeah. all around. But that chair is included in the two hundred seventy-nine dollars. Oh, yeah, and if, if you if you are fast enough right now, if you can go to Indiegogo right now to find it, there's still like twenty twenty-five for the super early bird, two hundred seventy-nine dollars. The chair, the carpet, the shoes, the receiver. That's pretty good. I think it's a pretty, pretty good deal. Yeah, so I'm going to talk to the Cybershoes guys and I'm going to ask them if they have some review units for Tatiana and for, for Anthony. Then you can probably also give it a try. If you want. <laughs> only only if you want, of course. I'd love to. <laughs> okay, okay, perfect. No, I'm looking at the ad on, your, on the Cybershoes uh, Indiegogo page where it shows these right. people walking around and they're like frustrated because they can't walk <laughs> everywhere they want to. And then they bump into each other. It's like, yeah, right. this is so much more space for VR. <laughs> yeah, um. but actually, that is really some cool thing. Um, 
and um, yeah, I can just congratulate them that they make that, that they made it from idea to actual product because that is really not so easy, right? Especially in our niche, in this niche that is VR. Okay, anyways, let's go to the next topic here. And let me also share my screen again. The next topic is the Decker Gear. Decker Gear is a VR headset that is being made in, in Bangkok, in Thailand, actually. That's where they have their headquarters. Very nice place to be. And the Decker Gear caught our attention last year because it seems to be like such an amazing headset. So the headset is made for for multiplayer games in mind, like, like VR chat, like, like social VR, because it has facial tracking with two cameras. So one camera is going to look at your eyes and the other camera is going to look at your mouth. And that would allow for, for facial tracking. So if you meet people in VR chat or in other social, social games that would support this, then people can see your actual facial expressions, which is super cool, super important for the VR of the future. And this headset would make it happen. Also, yeah, it has some, some other interesting ideas and it, it has a, it, the controllers look absolutely amazing. Honestly speaking, if you just look at them, they look like a mix between the Valve Index controllers and the Oculus Touch controllers. Also, they have full finger tracking Really exciting stuff. They are building um, their own tracking as well, and they have a very high resolution, like exactly the same resolution like the Reverb G2, 2160 times 2160 pixels per eye. So very, very high resolution, better than the Quest 2, has lots of cool things. And um, yeah, the tracking here for cameras, the camera positioning is just like the Quest. So you should have like a good tracking volume, just like the Quest 2 and the Quest 1. So great things. And the whole device is wirelessly connected to your gaming PC. So you even don't have the cables. So it's, it seems to be such a beautiful headset and only priced at $450. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it sounds yeah. like too good to be true, right? It's, it's just crazy. So last year we were like very excited about it and people who want to pre-order could put in $10. So now we have, unfortunately, we got the news now on the development uh, blog that they cannot make it in time because of the lead times for, for the pieces that they need to make this happen. And they cannot make their May time. They wanted to deliver this in May of this year, but it's not going to happen because the components that they need, they cannot get them in time because of all the COVID stuff and all the things that are going on. But they say that their $450 price is still on. <laughs> so they're not increasing the price. It's still $450. So now I want to hear your opinion about the Deca Gear 1. Please let me know what you think of the device, first of all. Oh, oh gosh. I, yeah, I just wanted to say that it was really mindful of the developers to mention that they don't want to drive the price higher, even though they they are. They keep saying that yes, it is expensive to to design it, to get all the parts, and there is a shortage worldwide. But they don't want to drive the prices up. They're staying mindful that it's not just the device that users will need to get. They still need to get a a, a really good gaming PC, which is a lot. Um, it, it, there's a lot of expenses from the consumers, and 
a lot of companies, they don't just think about that. They think it as, as a given. Like, it's not our responsibilities. Here's the device. It's your responsibilities to get it to work. So I like this mindfulness to try to keep it on track for $450 or $460. I hope they will be able to deliver it. Um, <laughs> it might sound too good to be truth, but I, I want to be optimistic. I want to be hopeful that they'll be able to do it magically. Maybe they have some kind of magic technology to make it wireless <laughs> and 4K. And for $160, I'll get it. I will definitely get it if they will deliver what they promised they will deliver, even if it's not in May, even if it's in 2022. I'm looking forward to it. I, I have never owned a PC VR headset. Um, now that I have upgraded, <laughs> I might, especially if there are no cables involved and I will be able to use cyber shoes because <laughs> no cables. So it all aligns, all the stars align for me to get Decker gear. Okay. So you, so you are kind of rooting, rooting for the Decker gear team, Tatiana. Yes. I w I'm team Decker gear. I want them to succeed. I hope that they will. <laughs> okay, cool. Great. And Anthony, what is what is your uh, wh what are your feelings towards Decagear in general? Yeah, well, um, since the last time we, I, I know we talked about this one other time on one of our other episodes, and I kind of have the same opinion that I did back then, which is like, I don't know. Mama always told me when it's too good to be true, <laughs> it probably is. You know what I mean? So I know the the number one thing. Seriously though, the number one thing that I wonder about this company is what venture capitalist group is funding them? Where are they getting like 20 million, 30 million, 50? Because they're going to need that to, to manufacture, to mass right. manufacture a product like this. It, you know, it doesn't just happen for fun. Like, like this, like you have to like, to, to make this whole thing happen seems really hard to me that, that, like, like nothing really adds up. Like the price doesn't really make sense. Like, like a lot of this just doesn't make sense. Now, I'm actually, not the, say actually, that the price is okay. So they they have like their their um, bill of materials, and they have like shown that they can make it happen for that price. So I think it's okay, like, but where's their other, profit yeah. coming from? Then how are they making any profit? Like, what's right. in it for them? What are they getting out of this if they're just selling it for cost? So yeah, that's that's really the, a very good question, Anthony. So you know, I made this a very long interview with them, like what, the first interview with the Decagear team, like more than two hours. I was talking with them, and for them, they said, "You know what, Sebastian? Like we cannot make money out of this. If we would bring, if we would like launch the Decagear one for thousand dollars, nobody would buy it. Well, nobody would buy it. They would be out of business, even." With the first product, they would be gone. So for them, this is a way to get into the market. This is their way of telling people, hey, we are about, we are, we want to become a market player here with the VR industry, with VR hardware. We want to get into this, and we understand that this might be the great way to get into this, and we can pull this off to to sell a great device like this for $450. And well, this is this is simply their way to get into it. Of course, they must find another way to to make money, but to make this first batch happen, just like you said, Anthony, they will need venture capital. That's for sure. Or probably they could also do a Kickstarter campaign to get the money, right? If they if they if they don't get venture capital, then this might be a way to go. But you know, for to get venture capital is always very important to show traction. 
Can you show traction? Do you have traction? And I believe they do have traction because it seems like thousands of people gave them $10 <laughs> in order to, to secure that device. You know, on their website, you can put in like $10 in order to secure your device for the first batch. And it seems like lots of people have done so. And in my opinion, that is like a good case for them to actually get venture capital. I don't know how far they are with this and if they actually do this, but I think they would have a chance to get this 20, 30 million they would need for that first batch to happen. And if not, I can tell from my community on my channel that people are kind of excited about it. And I could believe that they would even chip in $450 into a Kickstarter campaign. What do you think? Yeah, um, well, a couple of thoughts that I have about this is, first of all, the timing is critical, I think, for this company because they do have a window of time where there isn't another competing headset that is really putting everything together at the right time price combination of everything. So, I mean, we do, of course, have the HP Reverb G2, and I'm not trying to, like, disparage that in any way. But one of the one of the issues you have with that is you still have the Windows mixed reality factor. These controllers <laughs> right. appear to be better. Um, and then, so you have the same resolution as HP Reverb G2, but you're saving, like, 150 bucks off the top there from that angle. Then you also have, like, the eye tracking, the facial tracking, and I am excited about this legitimately. I don't know that this is really going to happen and this is really where we're going to get that, but I'm excited about this future. I thought last year was going to be the year of eye tracking and phobia. I, I thought we were going to get to this new paradigm where basically every single VR headset that anybody would be using that's like a modern day headset that's being sold would have eye tracking and foveated rendering. And, and I, I thought we were going to get to that level. Like we'd be playing rec room and you'd see eyes moving around in the right sorts of ways. And that would um, it, think how much that would do for any kind of little big screen beta. Like, like a lot of people are going to be in big screen beta tomorrow watching the Super Bowl and having this like virtual experience that's shared with a lot of people. Imagine you have eye tracking in there. It just makes it more immersive and everything. That's great. I'm all for that. One thing I'm not for, though, uh, is I have a distaste for the Valve Index idea of gripping the controller. And I've already made that point on this program as well. Right. One time I went on a rant about it. I, I believe it's like a, a gimmick. For me, it's like, give me a grip button. I will take a grip button nine days out of ten over grabbing this thing and pretending like I'm gripping something. And, and my whole point is, is like, oh, do we play games where you – do you hold your hands out like this in real life? No, no one does that, right? And so you're, you're holding a controller. You're going to hold the goddamn controller. Now you're going to be squeezing it. Like I didn't like yeah, the whole Valve Index right. thing there. I agree with you. I prefer a grip button. Um, but, yeah, I mean – I'm all for this thing, but but the other thing too is let's think about this. What about warranties, ladies and gentlemen? Because I'll tell you what, I've already suffered some warranty problems in my life, and that's with Valve, a company that everybody loves out there, right? Everybody okay. loves Valve, and their warranty is one year, and if something goes wrong, you basically got to buy new stuff. The warranty for like a Pimax or for this company, that's where it gets really shady because you like Facebook. I can trust Facebook, a big, ginormous corporation. I can trust Sony, a big, gigantic right, corporation. Right. I can kind of trust Valve. 
But these smaller <laughs> companies, you're really rolling the dice. I get it. I agree with you. Well, with the smaller companies, I think this is also one of the points that was covered in one of the previous episodes is that smaller companies, they always have a chance. There's always a chance that a larger one will, will swallow it and right. absorb that technology and invest in it so that there's a ch chance that it's not even going to be called Deca Gear after all if Facebook appropriates it or Google or Microsoft. This might happen if they don't get enough funds for it. So um, uh, I think they would, they, would, they would probably be happy, though, if Google buys them right now in that <laughs> super early stage. Anyways, but Tatiana... Um, I think this this kind of face face tracking it could also be interesting for teaching in VR, right? If the teacher could be more expressive, what do you think? Oh, this is absolutely yes. This is definitely important to to establish this social and emotional connections with students, and not necessarily with students, with anyone, right? We're using VR to communicate with our friends, with our families, especially now that we live in this age of distance communication when. We're just talking to a flat screen to Skype our parents and friends who live in different countries. Um, uh, virtual reality offers this different experience where you can you know, share experiences and not just talk to a little square. But the biggest disadvantage is that you don't actually communicate those uh, nonverbal uh, aspects of like facial communication. So adding that element, I think, would fill a very significant gap in this digital communication and virtual reality. For education, um, I, I guess it works along the along the ways of you know understanding um, non-virtual non <laughs> uh, non-verbal uh, clues with the teacher and, and building rapport among teachers and students is an important part of learning as well. So uh, uh, facial expressions can definitely play a role in that. I can talk a lot about language learning too, but I'm not going to take over. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, so I believe that in general, we're going to see this kind of technology more in the future, like face tracking and eye tracking for sure. And like I told you last week, I believe it's going to be in the Quest 3. It would make so much sense mm -hmm. for Facebook yeah. to get even more data out of us. <laughs> and uh, yeah. We'll talk about Apple too. Oh, oh yeah, another, we will, we will. <laughs> oh yeah, we will later in the show. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so honestly speaking, I must say I'm rooting. I'm absolutely rooting for Deca Gear for the team. I really hope that they can pull it off. It's so tough to make hardware. Hardware truly is hard. And I believe that this could be an interesting device. And I simply hope they can make it happen. I I wish them all the best of luck. And yeah, I'm I'm let's see, let's follow this. Let's see um how they are actually going to to make this happen and what i would like to what i would like to know now from our viewers from the from the people who are in chat right now i'm wondering if there was a kickstarter if there was a deca gear 1 kickstarter and you could get the deca gear 1 for 450 dollars would you pledge and become a backer and they would say, okay, you're going to get the device in January 2022. Please say yes. If you would, would back the Decagear 1 for $450, please say no. If you say no, I wouldn't do a Kickstarter campaign. And uh, yeah, please let us know. I would really be interested to find out in general if you would do that or if you would not do that. So let's see what the chat is going to say. Looking forward to find out more about this maybe says morty no 
I'd buy no and Alex says I buy Decker gear. Okay. Yep, some would some already have pre-ordered. Yeah. Let's see. And we will definitely keep on following that. Very interesting. Very interesting device. Alex says yes. Main fan says no. Yoko says what's no. more here, yep. Sebastian. Yes. What's more risky? Kickstarting this or buying a share of GameStop? stock because i think the risk is pretty freaking close baby all right honestly as i think um the gamestop thing is over yeah i, I think over it's now. over some people got got rich uh, most people know <laughs> like always one okay. last thing though, yeah um, okay. one last thing i would say about the deck of gear thing like i i don't mean to be a party pooper on all this but um one thing i will say that's positive about this and all these other little headsets What's the other one where it had the body tracking camera? I forget what that was called, but those other the guy that made a, a VR headset when he was 15 years old. Unai. He wants yeah, to make Uni the Unai. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you have all these different little headsets that are out there that are that are disruptors, right? One really good aspect about this, even if they fail miserably, it's still good because what it does is it now raises the awareness for features like eye tracking, features like body tracking. Right. So like even if these headsets come out and they flop, what happens is other people are like, well, Quest 3 better have eye tracking and body tracking mm -hmm. now because other headsets, you know, Quest 3 better have 2160 by 2160, you know what I mean? So right. what happens is I think all these little headsets, they increase the pressure on Sony and Valve and Facebook for their future headsets to start raising their game up a little bit. Oh, that makes that would be embarrassing. So much sense. <laughs> right. A small company has something Oculus doesn't. Well, it's good for those companies, I guess. They offer or they borrow the ideas from these smaller companies, and they are more likely to succeed because of all the their established name and their company in the market than the smaller ones. So it's not good news for small companies. Because basically it makes it sound like whatever small company will come up with is going to be unique and unusual and amazing, but it doesn't matter because they're going to fail anyway. Because bigger companies will just do the same thing much faster. Right, and, right. And that's really a pessimistic view on that. <laughs> yeah, they're beta <laughs> testing basically, right? Yeah. But that's really how it is. The Quest 2 is so good and so cheap because, well, it's it's being um, financed by our data and by Facebook in general. So it's very tough for other companies to get in. So that's why I root for these companies. That's why I root for Decagear. That's why I root mm -hmm. for Unai. And whatever comes there, I think it's amazing. It's 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 really great because it's so tough to 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 be that competition to Facebook. And that is also like a small topic that we have right now because, well, Facebook is ruling VR right now. There was the new Steam VR. Um, how is it called? Like um, every month they, they have some data, like how many people are you, uh, the percentage of people using different kinds of headset. And in the latest one, we learn that the Quest 2 is already the second most used headset on SteamVR. Isn't that crazy? So lots of, lots of um, PC VR users are actually using the Quest in link mode. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So let me just have a look at the data. Let me tell you the data. And let's have a look here at my screen. So this is the exactly the hardware survey. That was the, the word I was looking for, the SteamVR hardware survey. And for VR headsets, number one, Oculus Rift S, 
with like 23%, really very strong still, the Rift S. Number two, number two, think, of, think about it, number two, Oculus Quest 2 with 17.4%. So in front of the Valve Index, in front of the HTC Vive, in front of the original Rift, in front of all the Windows Mixed Reality headsets together, <laughs> yeah, in front of everything. Isn't that unbelievable? Like how, how Facebook is ruling VR right now? Yeah, and in a couple of months, it'll be number one. Yeah, it could be. And even if you would add Oculus Quest 2 numbers to Oculus Quest 1, it is already number one. So, so that is them, unbelievable, right? Yeah, it took them incredibly little time to do that too. Just from the moment it got announced and everybody pre-ordered it and got it, already on the second place, that's super fast. Really, and if you if you look at uh, the the vendors, the market share of the vendors, then Facebook has now fifty six point four percent of the whole Steam VR headsets that are out there. It's it's unbelievable. So they absolutely dominate us. They absolutely dominate the market. And well, in my opinion, again, as you know, we need that Quest competitor. We need that Quest competitor <laughs> yeah. because it's not only good for us, it will also be good for Facebook, really, because if there's competition, they even need to be better. They're obviously doing an amazing job right now with what they're doing. But if there would be like some serious competition, then they could also be better. And well, they would think, they would um, question Things like forcing us to use Facebook login, they probably wouldn't be there if there was good competition. So yeah, let's hope there's going to be good competition anytime soon. So now we're getting into the Quest topic here right now. And the next big topic is, of course, version 25 of the software. Very interesting because version 25 of the software, it introduces the Oculus App Lab. And that is basically making side quests kind of obsolete. So what is Oculus App Lab? Oculus App Lab allows developers to publish their games on the Quest platform without being in the Quest store. So, you know, before it was like if you had an app or a game for the Quest, it went through a very strict curation process. So only very little percentage of the apps and games that developers actually wanted to put on the Quest Store, they actually got into the Quest Store. And if you did not get in the Quest Store, then your only option before was to put it onto SideQuest. SideQuest being that unofficial store that people can, uh, in can install and people can sideload apps and games into the Quest. That was the only possible way to put games uh, games into the Quest that were not officially supported. So now App Lab allows developers to upload their games to the Quest and they are kind of unlisted on the Quest Store. So if you know the name, then you can look for it in the Quest Store on your Oculus Quest or on your phone app and then you will still find it. Or you can, uh, or the developer gets a link and the develop developer can spread that link for example, also on SideQuest, it's now more like a directory where you can still find all the games or if you already have a community, you can share that link to the community and then you can find it. Or in the future, on VRGameRankings.com, <laughs> you'll be able to find all that yeah. App Lab games. It's <laughs> going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah, so App Lab is out there right now and, well, it is, it is great 
for developers to get this stuff onto the Quest. It's way more easy now. Also for um, for the users, they don't do not need to jump through any hoops anymore for for side quests, right? To make that happen, and they can simply click on the link and install that. Very nice, and makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. But however, also I think that in my opinion, side quests kind of gets obsolete before they were the alternative, and things on. SideQuest, they did not have to comply to Facebook terms and conditions, right? But now, it, it's not the alternative anymore, it's more of a directory right now. You can find games there, and then you click on the link, and it, it, it sends you to, to, to the Oculus App Lab, and yeah, everything now, again, is under Facebook's control, basically, right? So, what, what is your opinion on this? Is it, like, all good, or do you also see this kind of dead death of of side quest what is your opinion i i don't think that this is the death of side quest i think it's okay. not really uh side quest actually when i was reading about side quest developers were working directly with oculus to make this happen because it benefits both of them uh in a way that yes side quest is the directory they did add a new feature to side quest where the apps that have been approved through this app lab have now the little button in SideQuest you can click and it takes you directly to the Oculus website with the installation button. It will automatically, if you click on it, it will automatically install the game on your Quest and you can play it from there. However, um, to get to App Labs, you still have to get approved. Now granted, this approval process is much, much less uh, strict than the official app, but there are still a little little things that uh, they need to, uh, Facebook wants to stay in control. They don't just want to let any apps in, in their store. They still want to make sure that there are some minimum requirements that are being met, uh, which means that SideQuest still has some apps that might not even have been approved to the app lab. So maybe these are some kind of beta versions of apps or games in development that developers want to put out there to get some feedback, even though they openly say this is not a ready-made app yet this is a demonstration and then and maybe they will work their way out their way up and to develop this app it'll go to app lab and then it'll go to official store so i believe that app lab is like this transition stage for well are already not in the in the development beta mode they're sort of a ready-made game but it still needs some improvements to get to the official store. SideQuest isn't going anywhere. You can't remove, you know, sideloading. People would sideload no matter what, whether it's approved or not. However, it does make it so much more convenient for users to load these games because you don't need developer's mode anymore. All you need is a link, and that will be the biggest advantage. But the largest source will still be SideQuest. Uh, what do you mean with the largest source will still be SideQuest? The largest uh, source of all the games, both approved to apps to App Lab and not approved to App Lab. So all the sideloaded games, there's absolutely no guidance on what you can and you cannot upload to SideQuest. So that'll right. still going to be a larger collection than App Lab. Okay, yeah, like for this, I think in this point we totally disagree because I don't think I think mo I think that ninety five percent will be on that will be on, on App Lab because developers obviously want to be on App Lab since it's just a link 
right? And by being by complying to Facebook terms and conditions and getting on App Lab, of course, they will have way more chances to monetize their app. So I believe that everyone wants to be on 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 App Lab and not just a side quest app because the other point is. And that is where I see the demise <laughs> of SideQuest as we know it. Right now, right now, everyone who wants to use SideQuest with all these amazing apps has to jump through these hoops of, of like making a developer mode, activating developer mode. And in order to be able to do, to get into developer mode, you have to re register your organization, right? So you have to do all these kind of things to make this happen. Right now, everyone does it because that's the only way that you can use all these amazing SideQuest apps. But think about the following. If 95% of everything in SideQuest is actually on, on App Lab and actually only has this link, people are not going to do that anymore, jumping through these hoops to make this happen. So that's why I actually see <coughs> the demise of SideQuest as we know it. Also, I must say that this kind of like... Um, PR story, as in like, oh yeah, SideQuest and Facebook are great friends and they've been working together on this. This is complete bullshit. So for sure, SideQuest is not Facebook's friend. Facebook has only like tolerated them because, because Facebook knows, hey, there's a big community of people who love that. There's a big community of people who love that and who want to have like virtual desktop like um, um, being able to wirelessly stream PC VR and they know exactly if they say now, okay, SideQuest, we kill you now, that the community would hate it. So the whole thing about like all oh, SideQuest working together with AppLab, that is, that is really only the PR that you really have to look through. Because the only, what should SideQuest do? They, they, they cannot stop Facebook from doing App Lab, right? So the only thing that they can do now, okay, we work together and now you have these links there. It's simply links that they have now to, to App Lab. So I honestly, I really see it a bit different than just simply following the Facebook PR that lots of YouTubers are simply like regurgitating. So yeah, for this part, I would say I have a totally different opinion. Now, Anthony. Who wins? Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> I have like a lot of conflicting opinions about this thing. Um, so my thoughts are not like well organized about it, but I, I will give you a few different thoughts that I've had about this. Okay, so first of all, before we found out about this entire thing and we heard about that there was going to be this new method where developers were going to be able to get their games, their experimental games, and you wouldn't need side quests. And there was going to be this new method where developers could like tweet out a link or there could be a link on their website or something. And you just plug the link in and then that's how you get it. Yada, yada, yada. That's what we heard a long time ago, right? So now that it's happened, here's what I didn't realize. Okay, so right now on App Lab, there is maybe like 11 or 12 different things that are officially on App Lab right now as we speak. There's like six free things and six paid things, something like that ballpark, right? Okay, so here's the interesting thing, though. What I thought was going to happen was I never thought Facebook was actually going to take money. Like they were going to take money in. I, I thought all of this was going to happen on like itch.io or it was going to happen on the company's website or whatever. But if you click on the links to the paid 
app lab stuff like VR Crisis, VR Gate or whatever, one and two, blah, 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 $5.99, $19.99. There's an actual store page that is on yeah. Facebook's website. They're taking the money, man. They're of course, the they're, so they're so smart. They're so smart. Oh my God. Facebook is so smart. Yeah, Facebook is just such a smart company. It's incredible what they're doing. Like from this kind of um, standpoint, they are unbeatable. They are so smart. And you know what? It's it's just so smart. Instead of like killing off side quest, they're simply doing it like this, in my opinion. So for yeah. those for those people who are now wondering, like, yeah, how about games like Doom 3? Like all these Team B software like like Wolfenstein but and so on. But that's not going to be there. That's ever not on Apple. Of course, that is not going to be on App Lab. That's not going to be on on App Lab. Mm -hmm. And now it's so nice for for these amazing for these amazing games like Doom 3, Wolfenstein. It's so good for them that SideQuest was there because there's so many people who could easily sideload things. But that's going to go away because, just like as, as I mentioned before, if 95% of the stuff on sideload do not require you to jump through these hoops, people are not going to do this. So for these amazing apps and games like Doom 3, Wolfenstein, there's going to be less of an audience because people are not going to do these things anymore. And that's the sad part of this in general good thing with App Lab, right? But I, I simply um, would ask the audience here right now to really think a bit through the Facebook PR that is simply being repeated by lots of yeah, people. Yeah, it is it's a crazy. scam, man. It is a straight-up <laughs> yeah. scam like <laughs> Bosworth and all them. Like, they are <laughs> clever, very clever, because they know really? nine months from now, no one's going to remember SideQuest. Exactly. Be, the exactly. only people that will remember SideQuest nine months from now is gaming science teacher. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. No. But, but seriously, though, it's going to be the hardest of the hardcore, the little VR bubble, like the true nut jobs. We're going to remember SideQuest, but yeah. the millions of people that are buying Quest 2s and Quest 3s ain't going to know a damn thing of course about not. SideQuest, of and course they're not going to hear about it either. Exactly. And um, so I believe that SideQuest is not an alternative store anymore. SideQuest is now a directory. So it could live on as a nice directory, but actually, because there's VR game rankings, I don't think it has a chance in the future. <laughs> <laughs> there's funny. a chance that it's going to transform, though. There is a chance that there's going to be a transformation of the purpose of SideQuest. And yes, it started as an alternative store when you can get games that didn't want to go through the process of getting approved at anything, everything that Oculus has asked for. They just wanted to put a game out there and make some money or just make a name for themselves. Now, mm. I still think... SideQuest will live, but it's going to have to go through some transformations because the times are changing. Facebook is stepping up. It's starting its own thing. But SideQuest uh, will live, but earlier, no one will care. There's, there's going to be, well, look, there's still going to be the developers who will want to put out stuff out there. It might be get smaller, but there will be experimental features there, not ready-made games, but maybe experimental stuff that hasn't been made up into a prepared game that could be ready to be approved even for the app lab. Now, granted, it's not going to be a hip side quest. Oh my gosh, amazing. All these cool games for free, not approved, but we don't care. No, it might actually turn into something more developers-oriented oriented um, a repository for Packers the oriented. games that are under <laughs> <laughs> but 
it, it might need to get adjusted to these changes that, yeah, SideQuest didn't have control over that. So they have to like go with, go with Facebook and work with them on that because, well, they, they didn't have a choice. But there, I think that there still is a place where these features like mods uh, for Beat Saber mods are all done through SideQuest, Doom, uh, some other, uh, I mean, for now, the virtual desktop mod, but maybe, okay, <laughs> we'll wait for Quest 3 and see what happens then with streaming and wireless PC VR gaming. But, but there might be a different uh, purpose for SideQuest as we go along with AppLab. Yeah, here's the purpose. Reckoner VR in chat says they'll have to focus on porn, I guess. <laughs> oh, and that makes so much sense. Yeah, it's going to be side porn. It's yeah. gonna, they're going to change the name, side porn, instead of side quest. Right, right. Oh, my goodness. Um, but wait, can I, can I say, so another thing I wanted to say about this whole App Lab thing is like, so when they first started talking about this, like Bosworth, yeah, we're going to have this way where people can easily, like, I was thinking that like everything would have a link. But no, it's like they got to jump through these special little Facebook hoops now. And so like there's there's like five things that are free and there's like five things that are paid. There should be like 30 things that are free and 30 things that are paid if this was really like an open system. And this is like an experimental store that they're really allowing. But no, they are having requirements. And so we are going to live in this weird place where SideQuest will continue to exist for a little while because we're gonna have this transitional period where all these different little apps have to decide, can we get into the app lab and, and how all that's gonna work. And then another thing that people are wondering about, like I think Tetiana brought this up earlier, that the, the theory that app lab can be a stepping stone to the official Oculus Quest store, the way I understand it, no, that's not really gonna happen. Um, you'll have the occasional exception like Hyperdash or something like that, but I don't think it's going to be the stepping stone that people want it to be. It should be a stepping stone. It really should. If something comes into the app lab and does tremendously well, it should be allowed to graduate into the official Oculus Quest store. In fact, they should have an actual system that is set up that says if you sell such and such a number of copies or if you have such a such number of downloaded uh, downloads, if it's like free, then it'll get re then it gets an automatic review and if it passes that review, it goes into the official Oculus Quest store. But they don't have any system like that. And if you go to upload VR right now, there's a story about John Carmack basically warning people, look, this isn't a stepstone into the official store. I know you would like it to be, but it's weird that this Oculus Quest store is like this privileged store. I know real developers that really want to get their game on the Quest because that's where the money is. All the money is in Quest. People are selling 10 times as many games on Quest as they are anywhere else. So Quest is like a gold mine. If you get your game on the official store, it's a dream come true. But these developers are like, what do you have to do to get, like they're like looking at tea leaves and they're going to psychics. Like they don't know, like there's no understanding of what you really have to do to get accepted to be on the Oculus Quest store. Look at games like To The Top that should have been there a million years ago, or like Pixel Rip 1989, the only way you can get it is as DLC from Pixel Rip 1995. It's kind of crazy. So there's still a lot of weird, weird stuff going on out there. Totally agree. It's very, yeah, I also don't understand it. 
why the developers don't at least get feedback from Oculus, why they don't get into the store. That's something that I heard of. Mm -hmm. Developers don't get that feedback and they, they simply don't have an idea what they did wrong for their software. Yeah, anyways, but now there's App Lab they can try there and probably also make some money because, yeah, the, the money-making system from <laughs> Facebook works also for the App Lab. And yeah, that is hopefully that's a good thing for developers I hope it's a good thing for developers. It's good for us. It's easier to get the stuff now since we don't have to go through SideQuest. But honestly speaking, I still think it's not a great thing for SideQuest and for games like Doom 3 and Wolfenstein for all these projects. There's probably going to be less of an audience in the future. That is at least what I think is the problem with this. But other than that, I can just say, wow, Facebook is so smart. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Let's see in one year. Yeah, thank you, Travis Tanner. Wow, thank you for your contribution here in the Super Chat. Also, thank you, Morty, for, for contributing before. All right, that is the Facebook topic. Now we get to Apple. <laughs> wow, this is, this is now really, really an interesting topic. And let me simply show a picture to, to you and to all of, of our audience of... A drawing, a drawing by The Information, which is a web magazine. And in this drawing, we see how the Apple VR headset is going to look like. Perhaps this is at least the drawing of, of somebody who saw an actual prototype. And it does look pretty much like a ski mask. And um, yeah, I'm 100% sure this is going to look way better <laughs> than, this, <laughs> than this drawing once, better hope so. once the device is supposed to launch next year already in 2022. And in this report, in this insider report, we learned some interesting things about this headset. So first of all, about the specs, we learn that this is supposed to have two 8K screens. Oh my friggin' goodness. 8K <laughs> screens. What do you think about this, um, Anthony? Uh, well, I mean, so a lot of people are like, wait a minute, what's going to drive these 8K screens? So we know it has like the M1, it, it has um, very powerful. So chip. there's the, the M1 processor, right? And this is going to be better. beyond that um, in there. So it's going to have like greater capabilities, but still 8K. Dude, 13. You could have a 3090 right now. You can't drive two 8K screens with a 3090. <laughs> right. But here's the thing that a lot of people are forgetting. Remember, we're just thinking about games, man. And there's more to mm. life than just games. This is going to be a mixed reality device. And I guarantee you it's going to be full color pass-through. And so what they need yes. with these 8K screens, because they're really going to be doing... Uh, the pass-through, and it's really going to have a lot of mixed reality built into it. When when the pass-through cameras are filming like your your area, then you got to have screens that are high enough resolution. Those cameras got to be real high resolution as well, so that it gives you that that illusion that you're looking at like your real environment, and then you have things overlaid over your real environment. So they need 8K kind of for that. And then the other thing that people are forgetting, remember, we got the Super Bowl tomorrow, right? We have not had 
of video revolution in VR yet. And we're going to have that. There will be a volumetric video revolution. This is the other shoe that is going to drop. Anybody that's worried about like VR is not going to succeed. VR is dying. You know, No, it's not. We haven't even had the volumetric video revolution. You haven't seen concerts and sporting events and movies where you're like inside the friggin' movie and it looks crystal clear. All that stuff is coming. And one of the things they can do with these 8K screens as well is you could just have kind of static backdrops that don't have a lot of moving things going on. They'll use trickery where it'll be like a photogrammic backdrop with just a few things animating here and there, like a waterfall is animating, a little bird is flying by, but the backdrop might be mostly almost like static, but it's gonna be so high resolution. It's gonna look so amazing. Um, so I'm excited about this $3,000. I mean, that sounds unbelievably ridiculous when you first hear about it, but a Valve Index is $1,000. It doesn't have 8K screens in it. It doesn't have all these extra features and stuff. And this is going to be marketed to a development community. It's not going to be a consumer facing device. They'll still be able to sell a couple hundred thousand of these every year. And they're looking towards the future where it eventually will come down in price and they're building out their ecosystem. Right. Also, I think um, also um, what you just mentioned about the 8K displays, that mm -hmm. they will probably not be able to drive them. One thing is also being mentioned in this report, and this is that there is eye tracking. So using this eye tracking, they will be able to use foveated rendering where they don't have to render the full 8K resolution for all this 8K displays, right? They only have to render the part where the user actually looks at. And then with that chip that they're going to build into this, this is going to work. And also we, we learned that this has like 12, more than 12 cameras for exactly what you said, Anthony. So this is going to be pretty exciting. What do you think about this yeah. device, uh, Tatiana? Yeah, I was actually just about to mention the foveated rendering because I think it's so it's such a cool solution for that. Because, yeah, static backdrops, high resolution would be nice, but I don't, it doesn't impress me that much, even when, maybe if it was 8K, it would, but right now, like, if I play a game, <laughs> I mean, comparing to Vader Immortal, <laughs> when you're standing there, and you can see this <gasps> amazing planet, but you know, but you know, it's not really moving, you know, it's just a picture in front of you, I, okay. it, it kind of, it breaks it for me a little bit, so when I read about it, I thought, yeah, that's how they can make it work. You will. They will still render it. You will still see crystal clear. And then, even with with your eyes, when you look straight in front of you, what you see on the periphery is blurry. You don't. You're not focused on it. So technically, it's going to be almost imitating the real life vision. And also, it's you. You know, probably this VR set from Apple. It's been in development in forever. I mm -hmm. think the first reports were like 2006 or something. So they were. They were really pushing it for a long time and abandoning and pushing it again. And I think that there was uh, one of the mm -hmm. ideas built in their VR set, but that was before their full data rendering came into place. So there is a chance that they probably will already drop it, that this built-in fence, if full data rendering will be able to do the job for the 8K displays. But if not, we might actually see some built-in fans like in the computer. So whatever will work to get this crystal clear picture to us, I'll take it. 
Right. I I I cannot imagine that there would be like fans in a thing. It's I think, not very Apple-like, is no, it? No, it's not Apple-like at all. No, I don't think so. I think this device. They didn't is... think about it. They thought about yeah, it. Yeah, no, they, no. They have it. We read it. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So this is this is really interesting, and for three thousand dollars, it makes sense. Actually, I don't think that this price is so ridiculous for for what it will offer. This kind of uh, full pass-through, this kind of AR functionality that this offers. And if you read through the article, actually, it says that this device is more targeted at the HoloLens 2 crowd, at enterprises that are already using augmented reality headsets. So I think this makes so much sense because this thing here will be better than a HoloLens 2. I have the HoloLens 2 here. It is okay, right? But the screen quality is really not great. But this thing... This could have like an amazing quality with beautiful pass-through. So this will probably be a better AR headset as compared to the HoloLens 2 and for for and a cheaper, cheaper price and cheaper. <laughs> so yeah, okay, that I'd rather have this device than the HoloLens 2. So I believe that this also is going to have a bigger FOV than the HoloLens 2. HoloLens 2 has like 40 degrees. It's like really not good. So this thing could probably put virtual things into your field of view at, at 90 or 100 degrees. So this would be much better. And it's an Apple device, so it's going to be very sleek, very cool. You will want to wear it. You will want to wear it instead of that HoloLens. So yeah, mm -hmm. I, I really, I see a strong case for this in the, en in the enterprise market. Yeah, the question is just like, will it also be available for for us, for normal people who simply want to uh, camp in front of the Apple store <laughs> and pay $3,000? <laughs> and before we talk about this, I want to ask our community, you know, our, our, the people who are watching this stream right now, now it's your time to go and vote. Would you buy this for $3,000? If it's this this headset with uh, two 8K displays, more than a dozen of cameras, perfect hand tracking. You could probably watch your NBA in, in volumetric video live through this headset. And there are also some games, right? Because also in this article, we learned that there is supposed to be some games for it as well. So would you go and get this for $3,000, please? Go down to the to the vote. Go vote there. there. The link is down in the description of this video. We simply want to know, would you buy this for $3,000? Yes, no, or you're still undecided. Please go to the link now and cast your vote. <laughs> I hope I posted the link, though, because I don't see anybody voting right now. Wait a moment. Let me... Do you see the link, people? Oh, I haven't started it. Okay, now, now you can, now you can go. Sorry, now you can go. Before I didn't start, I didn't start the, the the poll yet. Now you can go and make your vote. Okay, right. So I would like to ask you, Tatiana and Anthony, would you consider? Would you consider buying this? Well, the question is. Would you, or should you, really? If we're thinking about it as the competitor of HoloLens, and as you said it yourself, HoloLens is really a niche device targeting enterprises for this project that 
perhaps regular consumers wouldn't even need those uh, that device for because they don't have the kind of project. Like, say you have a 3D rendered model of uh, 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 some kind of machinery or a truck, and using HoloLens or Apple device, you would be able to operate this truck and uh, and notice the flaws in the design that were uh, put in by the architects into this this machinery or this truck, and you'll be able to fix it without spending tens of thousands of dollars to create a prototype and uh, uh, you know fix it before it goes into production. And that's something that's already HoloLens is used for that. Uh, I have the suspicion based on everything that I have read, the prices, the the niche, the you know the focus. Even though you said there would be some gains. There is a high chance that uh, regular consumers won't have enough use for this device, really, right, unless okay. Apple really wants to step up. Because there might be collaboration, distant for distant communication to make sure that you understand what the team in Shanghai needs your team in Washington to do, or something like that. And uh, yeah, I I don't know. I would like to have it because I tried Hololens too. It's it was a little bit frustrating to me at first because of this super yep. narrow field of view. And right. it doesn't actually render reality. It's more like on the spectrum AR, VR. It's still mixed reality, but it's closer to augmented reality. Yeah, this is AR for sure, yep. It renders on top of your your reality. And from what I see with Apple does, with all these dozen cameras, more than dozen cameras, two eight displays it's going to scan your whole environment and render it and make a mixed reality effect right so it has a pass through but it will also be able to generate it in high probably photorealistic quality and that's a mind-blowing so i don't know how i would use it yet <laughs> but i do want to try it because it sounds so much more exciting than hololens too right also i think for for the apps that's going to be there probably in the very beginning all the AR apps that are now working on the phone, on the iPad, on, uh, on the iPhone, they will most probably work already on that device for sure. So you already have like hundreds or thousands of apps. And mm -hmm. then on top of that, this is going to be just like Anthony said, a device for developers who will see, okay, this is the future. We can develop for this. And then uh, yeah, iteration by iteration, year by year, the device is going to get sleeker, according to that article. Uh, one year later, in 2023, there's going to be the, the real AR headset, where it's not VR anymore, but more like a sleek um, sunglasses, where, they, mm -hmm. where it's more AR. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. So, Anthony, what is your take on it? Would you buy that? Okay, um, one thing before I answer whether I'd buy it or not, uh, one other thing I just wanted to mention about this headset, I think one of the key focuses that they're going to have with this, with these 8K screens, is the ability for somebody to do their entire workflow in VR. Because with these 8K screens and with the kind of power oh, right. that they're going to be able to have, it's like they can put a 4K screen here, a 4K, you know what I mean? Like like in your headset, you can have all these different monitors, computer monitors, and with 8K per eye and with the foveated rendering, it's essentially gonna be like having legitimate like 1080p monitors all over the freaking place. And so it's gonna be for like 
um, it's really going to be like an office thing that um, mm. people are going to use for productivity and stuff like that. So I just wanted to mention that really quick because I forgot to mention that. Makes sense. Now, would I buy it? Okay, so the thing is, Jason Rubin had a quote one time. Jason Rubin from Oculus said, we could make a $3,000 headset that would change your life. Facebook said that one time. They said, we can make a $3,000 headset that would change your life. But he was basically saying, look, we can make a headset that would change your freaking change your entire life, but it's going to cost $3,000. And who has the money for that? So I do have this belief that there could be a headset out there. You put it on and you're looking around at everything and you're like, oh my God, this is incredible. I'll freaking get a loan. I got to get this. I got to do it. I got to make it happen, right? right? The problem with this <laughs> Apple thing though, is think about us, we're gamers. Am I gonna be able to play Half-Life Alex 2 on this? Am I gonna be able to play Walking Dead 4? You know, I, I mean, you're, you're not gonna be able to play Oculus software on this. You're not gonna be able to play Steam VR unless you somehow figure out how to jailbreak it. And then you gotta get like the controllers to like agree with everything. It's gonna be really complicated, right? So I don't think this is a gaming thing. So I don't think I would be in the market for buying one, but I'm super excited for the possibilities. And I can't wait for this thing to come out because it's like, you know, rising seas lift all boats or whatever. Like, like this is great for the VR industry in general, like Apple, like endorsing VR. Watch the price of every company that's invested in VR. Their stocks are going up. You know, people are going to start believing in VR again. Venture capitalist money is going to start to pour back into VR again. Oh, VR isn't dead anymore because Apple is now here. And then Google and everybody else is going to get involved because they're like, oh, shit, Apple's in the game now. We got to step it up. So it's great for the entire industry in general. Totally agree to that. And still, I would like to ask our viewers now, still again, to go to the vote now. The link is down in the description of this video and let us know what you would do. Would you buy it for 3000 Say yes or no, or you're still undecided. Please go there now. I'm going to announce the results in a couple of minutes. And yeah, I would also like to tell you if I would probably buy it. Yes, of course. <laughs> I mean, come on. Everything. This is MRTV, right? I mean, I must have this. I must totally check it out for you and dissect it and let you know all about it. Of course, I'm going to be the guy who's camping in front of the Apple Store for you guys. Probably going to live stream it here on the channel when I do so. And I, I will definitely get that device and check it out. And um, other than that, I totally agree with Anthony. I think this is not going to be for gamers. Just like, but I still do think there will be some games on it, just like there are games on the iPad, right? I can still remember when the first games came out for the iPhone. I, would, I was thinking like, hey, how is that possible? That's ridiculous. <laughs> games on the iPhone, right? I, I don't know. When, when was it? 2008 or so. I thought it's completely ridiculous because I was so used to playing games with a gamepad on, on the PlayStation 3 or whatever. And I simply thought of games on the iPhone and then later on the iPad as ridiculous. But now it's, it's so normal, right? There are amazing games on the iPad. They are not hardcore. It's more like, uh, more like casual games, right? But it is a platform where you can actually play amazing games. 
And like lots of people do that, right? Not everybody is like us, like these hardcore nerds <laughs> who put a VR headset in their face to play it. So actually probably it's even a bigger gaming market than VR, right? For sure, those um, iPad and iPhone games, right? So I still believe that this headset is also going to have their own games. And probably it's going to spark a completely new kind of VR game that are entirely being being used with your hand because there's amazing hand tracking, right? So probably we're going to see amazing new games coming out from, from that Apple VR headset that later will be ported to the Quest because it also has hand tracking, right? So just like you guys think, like with the, with the boats that float, um, I second that. <laughs> so I agree. It it should it will be good and there will be some some gaming and I will totally get it and I'll yeah. definitely check it out. <laughs> I would like to see it because I I think it's going to be a complete paradigm shift in terms of gaming without controllers. I remember right, we were right. talking about a Samsung one, a Samsung one with a controllers that had they didn't have enough buttons there and we were all right. complaining. Oh my gosh, we don't have the physical buttons. Well, how about a VR set without controllers? Yeah, right. So this is going to be interesting to see how that will work as well. Uh, so that I know that there's going to be, too. I think, the, the uh, controllerless things. Yeah, yeah. It seems like he uh, kind of wants to d ditch the controllers as well. I'm kind of worried about that. Right, exactly. Yeah, well, uh, they do have, I read something with Apple, they will have something like uh, some kind of thimble-like uh, uh, thing you would yeah. put on your finger. Yeah. I wonder how that would work. Maybe like some, uh, uh, it's, it's an interesting concept, but still, so they don't completely step away from totally connectionless. They might even have some kind of dial on the actual headset. So it's a sl slow transition, but um, yeah, at least based on HoloLens, HoloLens has some games too. Right. Pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> That's true. It's really cool. Like some games where like some some robots come through your your wall and it's it's pretty amazing. Your walls, yeah. Yeah, Break yeah, yeah. Your walls, yeah. Oh yeah, this could also work with that Apple headset when when it has these amazing cameras that are aware of your surroundings. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I want oh, I want that headset. Gosh, <laughs> you're in your room and yeah. you have like this picture, right? And a mirror and you scan it all and you play this game. And a freaking monster breaks exactly. the wall. The picture goes down. The mirror breaks. There's this shatters everywhere. So exactly. It completely imitates your surrounding. That would be. And, <laughs> and they can really, even really make scary. it more. They can even make it more convincing on that 8K screens. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I am so looking but forward Sebastian, to that. But yeah. Sebastian, are yes. you a, are you an iPhone person? Like, no. do you have Apple everything? Not at all. I'm because I'm exactly the I'm I'm the Android uh, PC guy. <laughs> Well, this is, but they, they are all about the ecosystem. I know. You know what I mean? So this is yep. Wall Garden. This is I know. Disneyland I know. where a Coke costs $12. You're right. You're right. And they're going to get me. Finally, they're going to get me. They tried to get me for, <laughs> for 12 years. And they did get me with the iPad. I must say, I really like my iPad. But now they're going to get me with, with that Apple VR thing. And yeah, I will totally check it out. Okay, let's get to um, the results of our little poll. So... Will you buy the Apple VR headset with 8K displays, more than a dozen cameras, and a $3,000 price tag? Yes, take my money. 10% would directly now buy it. Okay, that's already enough for, for Apple. They will make good money with this. No. 
<laughs> 65%. So the majority of people, for them, $3,000 is too, too much. And undecided, need more info first, 25%. So we're looking at a market of probably 35% of all these hardcore people who are watching this podcast right now. It's not too bad for a $3,000 device. I think they are up for something here. <laughs> if potentially 35% of the viewers of this podcast might buy this. Interesting, right? What do you guys think? Yeah, if, if they're only going to make so many, you know, they're selling only one per store per day. So it, it's going to be fine. They'll sell plenty of these. It's not they're not trying to sell 10 million of them. Right, right. They, they might be doing more, though. Uh, it, could, it could be that they're trying small and see that what interest gets and it's amazing. what is going to be applied for. Right. But maybe they will get the data about what these VR set is being used for. And then they will use it as a strategy to continue developing and producing it and targeting those markets that would benefit most from this technology. Right, right. I think I think this is going to be interesting. And they could be so successful if they are really competing with, with that HoloLens in business, because business is truly a huge market. It's a huge market right now. And with this thing out, I believe this could really work very well. Exciting topics here again for episode mm -hmm. eight of the Next Dimension podcast. And we are already like nearly talking for two hours. I think this has been a great show. And I know that, Tatiana, you still have to do lots of work today, right? Still for your, for, for your <laughs> yes, PhD. Yes, I need to push the research forward. <laughs> yes, do that, do that. Yeah, so I would like to say thank you to all the people who are watching us live right now. 210 people, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Don't forget to give this a thumbs up right now if you haven't done so yet so that more people can find this. So make some noise for the algorithm. Also, do leave comments. Please do leave comments. Dear 210 people who are watching this right now, do leave a comment and let us know what you think of the Next Dimension podcast. This is episode eight. Do you already make this your Saturday routine to watch us or do you listen to us later? Please do let us know down in the description of this video. Make some noise for the algorithm. Also, if you have not done so yet, get your iPad or iPhone, if you have one, open the podcast app and do leave a comment for us, a review, a five-star review if possible, so that we can grow faster. But I'm, I'm really happy about this podcast. It's, it's, it feels so great to talk with you guys and to talk with, to have all the people watching this. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm simply glad that we're doing this Next Dimension podcast every Saturday. Yeah, and also, I'm sorry guys, I'm asking so many things. I really want you to subscribe to VR365, that's Anthony's channel, the link down in the description. And I also want you to subscribe to Disco VR, Tatiana's channel. Both channels are so amazing and they deserve so many more subscribers. So now, if you're watching this live right now, you, yeah, Morty McMord, <laughs> and RG and Lucky Ed, I want you to subscribe to them now. Go to the description of this video, subscribe to them and show them that you care and that you're happy that they're here, right? They are like spending two hours of their time to make this show here. So please give them some love. That is everything that we have here for episode eight of the Next Dimension podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it and we're looking forward to see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
Thank you. Bye.